What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Rutherford, and I'm the host, and I am just appreciative of you taking some time to be with me today for uh, this particular episode. Um, We are in a part two of two as we are closing out our episode on godliness and what a a joy it has been to be able to uh, do this particular episode uh, with each of you. Um, as we always say, go to our website, scatteredbroad.org. You can find all the information there that you need to, or you can find our podcasts anywhere on every major podcast platform. You can also find us on YouTube. We do have our joint monthly podcast that comes out first Sunday of every month with all of the hosts together in a more of like a panel discussion. Uh, those are coming out on, on Sundays, um, first Sunday of every month. And we are just excited for those. And we also have uh, what we call the Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed. And if you don't know what the Master Feed is, essentially what that is, is a, it's a it's a podcast feed where every single episode we have uploads there. So if you want to uh, just follow one episode or one uh, podcast and everything go there, then just follow Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed. Um, you can find all of that on whatever platform you go to. So uh, just appreciative that you all are with us. We're going to continue in our series, our study here from Second Peter chapter 1, as we're continuing this idea of Christian living. Um, and we're specifically talking about this idea of godliness. And if you remember last week, we talked about exactly what godliness was, how it was having this deep reverence and humbleness um, towards God, having the right attitude towards God, and that coming out in the way that we live our lives. And we looked at a, a passage from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, talking about the godly fear that we're supposed to have. We looked at godliness in the book of First Timothy, um, and today uh, we're going to look at a couple of things. Number one, we're going to look at some areas specifically in our lives wherein godliness is to be commanded. Now, obviously, it's to be commanded in every single area of our lives, but uh, today we're going to look at just a couple of areas, and then we're going to close out this episode by looking at Second Timothy chapter 3 um, at a passage that Paul tells Timothy there. So let's dive right into a couple of things um, today. In what areas is godliness commanded? Well, Three things I want to look at very briefly, and number one is this, worship. Godliness is commanded in our worship. Now, we've talked about worship before, I think, on this episode. Um, I know I've talked about it on multiple other podcasts as well, and I've ta- I've preached uh, I preached a part one and part two um, while I was at the uh, East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee, um, on wicked and worthy worship. Um, and obviously a lot is involved and entailed within our worship to God. We must make sure we have the right attitudes towards worship. John 4 and verse 24, have the right spirit, but also have the right truth. You can't pick one or the other. You have to have both. Um, worship, however, must also be in a line with godliness. And what I mean by that is this, do you and I approach God with the reverence and the respect and the fear that he deserves? Okay, we're talking about how we worship God. And when we worship God, it is an opportunity to praise, glory, honor, and worship Him. So when we do that, do we do it in the way that He desires, in the way that He commands us? Well, if you and I have godly fear, if we have reverence towards God, then we're going to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to make sure that we're worshiping God in the way that He commands us to do so. Again, the example, and I mentioned this last week, uh, but the example of Leviticus chapter 10, talking about Nadab and Abihu, they did not approach God in a correct way of worshiping, and what happened? There were consequences. God killed them because they did not worship him in the way uh, that he prescribed them to do so. If you and I have the proper attitude, then we are going to worship God in a proper way. 
The nature of our worship is so very serious, and that involves our attitude, our godliness. If Are you and I being godlike in our worship? Are we doing what God has commanded us to do? And I think that's vitally important. Another thing that we can think about in terms of areas in which our godliness is in which godliness is commanded uh, is that if of our living. And I suppose that this is maybe a broad way of saying to make sure that that godliness is involved in every single area of our lives. And as we've said before, it should affect everything that we do, every decision that we make. In Romans chapter 12, the whole basis for this podcast. Uh, Paul speaking to the church at Rome, and he said this beginning in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every single choice that you make is a godly. Is it in a line with what God would have you to do? Is it what God wants you to be, uh, how he wants you to be acting and living out in this in this life? Are you being godly in your living? But then number three, it should be involved in our doctrine. It must be involved in our doctrine. Do we revere and respect God uh, as it pertains to the word of God? We know that the word of God is from him, right? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed. It is from him. But do we respect that? You see, if we respect it, then we're going to make application in our lives. It's going to affect the way that we live our lives. When it comes to the Bible, we must be godly in the sense that we take it for what it is, We see the value in it, we study it, and then we apply it to our lives. There were some t-shirts that I designed for the youth group at East Hill in Pulaski. And on the back of those t-shirts, they said this. They said, study, believe, obey, teach. And they were in that order. And the reason I did that was because I I told them every single time I was with them, you have to study the word of God. But then... It doesn't do you any good just to study. You have to believe it. But once you believe it, what then? Well, then it should affect the way that you live your life. That's obedience. And then once you have all of those things together, then you can go out and you can teach the world around you. Godliness is involved in every single one of those areas. I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 as we uh, look at this last passage here. And I know this may be a shorter episode, uh, but you guys are probably thankful for that. You probably like Stop talking, Caleb. You've talked a lot already. Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurry up as soon as I can. Second Timothy chapter three, and I want to look at a little bit of context as we get into this. Um, Paul has been encouraging Timothy to stand strong, to stand fast, and he's telling him basically, don't allow hardships, right? Don't allow these these struggles, these difficulties that you're going to face as a New Testament Christian, as a preacher, a minister. Don't allow those things to hinder your work for the Lord, okay? Notice, keep that in mind as he's, as he's talking about this, verse 1. But know this, Paul tells Timothy, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of themselves, or excuse me, lovers of pleasure pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. When you look at verse 1, he's talking about a severe opposition, right? And, and it's an interesting word, actually, that's used there, uh, because it's a word that gives us kind of a different picture than what we would think. When you, when you see the word perilous times, it's a word that actually is referencing something that is like an ugly wound. In other words, it's a very difficult thing, a very uh, grotesque thing, a very difficult situation, something that none of us would want to happen. Talking about those perilous times, it's going to be like an ugly wound, Timothy. And we know that Timothy was living a godly life because of 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Timothy uh, was obviously already living a godly life because of the difficult times that he was facing uh, for the cause of Christ. But then you get to verses 2 through 5 and you read about 19 sins. Some 19 sins are, are listed. And I find how interesting it begins there in verse 2 with the word for. For. Timothy, this is why you are going to be facing these difficult times. This is why you're going to be facing hardships, not because of anything that you've done, not because of anything that Paul says necessarily that I've done, but because of the sin that is in the world, because of people's attitudes who do not want to live godly, but who are only living for themselves. After all, is that not why bad things happen today? Because ultimately of the root of the sin problem in this world, James 1 and verse 15, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. You see, every terrible, every terrible, horrible, wicked thing in this world ultimately stems from sin. But I find it interesting that within this list here, and really at the end of this list, is here in verse 5, talking about a form of godliness, a form of godliness. Not only do they have all these sins within their lives, not only are their lives about as far away from God as their lives could have ever been, he says they're religious. They have a form of godliness. On the outside, perhaps they look like they're doing what they're supposed to do. They show up to worship. They partake in acts of worship. They come back every Sunday and Wednesday. They show up for gospel meetings, for youth rallies, for lectureships, but man, throughout the rest of the week, it ain't it. They ain't doing it. You see, when it comes to making tough choices, the answer for them is no. On the outside, they look godly. But behind closed doors, when with friends or coworkers, goes out the window. Why is it that people say, oh, you, you better not do that. You're, you're in the church building. You better not say that. You're in the church building. Oh, you better not wear those things. You're, you're in the church building. If there are things that we should not be doing inside of the building, brethren, friends, why do we deem them okay to do them on the outside? Because the building is just a building. It's not the church. The church is the people. They had a form of godliness. They had a facade of religion. But they had warped it and twisted it into what they wanted it to be. Which I guess begs the question, what about us? When it comes to you and I and our Christian lives, do we too only have a form of godliness? Do we only put forth the effort and the work to be a Christian when it doesn't take much effort and work? Think about that. 
Do we only put forth the effort and the work to be a Christian when it doesn't take very much effort and work? In other words, when it's easy to be a Christian, am I a Christian? But when it's hard, am I not? See, what about all the other times? Christianity is not like a buffet. You can't pick and choose. But it's a fixed menu, right? If you want salvation, if you want heaven, then living a life of godliness is a requirement. It is a must. Not a form of it. Not our own form of it, but the way in which God is prescribed for every single one of us. Godliness is so valuable. It is so important. And you and I need to make sure that we add it into our lives as we live as Christians. I hope that this study of godliness has been beneficial to you. I know it has been for me. Um, And I hope that you're looking forward to joining us next week as we look into a couple more ideas, a couple more things that we need to be adding into our lives. This has this series, these episodes have been really, really fun for me. I hope that they have been fun for you as well. And I hope that you are just having a blast uh, studying through this with me. If you have any comments or questions, please um, leave it uh, on any of our social media platforms or send us an email or uh, send us a private message and we'll do all that we can to to get back with you. Uh, You can go to the Scattered Abroad Network, look at all of the other podcasts we offer. We've got so many different resources and things that you can use and hopefully it will be beneficial to you. Thank you so much for being with us. Look forward to being with you next week and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.